wonderful. Was that? So one of the things that I know about our speaker today is she's not only a very accomplished minister, but she's a great heart and soul. She was our senior minister here for several years and has chosen to move on to Seattle back home. But she's here to visit, and I am so pleased and honored to welcome Reverend Liz Moranti back to our podium. Welcome home. Come on up. No, sweetie. Hi, guys. It's so good to be here and to leave from our house in Pacific Grove at 9.45 and have sun. <laughs> I, I, I could do a whole different talk that, yes, climate change is finding its way to Pacific Grove. I've never had, we've been here about two and a half weeks, never had so many days of over 70 degrees. It's interesting. And for now, it's beautiful, so we just enjoy that. So I'm grateful to be here. I was very grateful to be asked to be here with you while I still can. We're leaving at about 5.30 tomorrow morning to drive back up north. So I was glad I could fit it in. Um, I saw, I don't know if it's your theme for the month, um, but in the newsletter, uh, the E! News, it said, uh, September full of possibilities. And I don't know about you guys, but I always feel that way, and some of you might remember hearing me say that. I always feel September really is my new year. I loved school, so it was always like, get that ready. And then when um, years ago, there was a Jewish congregation that met in a room that we had over here. And so this time of year with Rosh Hashanah and everything, there was always a wonderful consciousness of newness coming out, and one year I asked them to bring out the shofar, which is the horn that they blow to, to welcome in the, the new year. So I feel like it's a new year. I feel like it's a new year, and I feel like it's a new year for you guys, for you ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Having been uh, the minister here, I still feel kind of like mom. So when I was asked to speak, I knew I had to speak to what's going on in the community. But for those of you who haven't been here that long or just visiting today, I also have to speak to what's going on in your lives. So um, I am knowing that this talk is going to be about both about the life of this community and then about your own individual lives. The message can go two, two, two ways. So for some of you who've been in this congregation for a while, you may be experiencing some version of, here we are again. <laughs> it's time to look for a new minister again. And I don't know about you, but I have things that come up in my life upsets, um, maybe something happens in relationship that isn't pleasant, some work-related something that doesn't go well, that you just go, oh, I thought I was done with that. 
here I am again. And we feel stuck, we feel hopeless, and we feel like we're, what's all this point of all this spiritual stuff? Anybody, is that just me? Anybody else feel that way? Yeah. So we tend to think when something looks familiar and feel like we're in the same place. But that really isn't the truth. It isn't the truth. The spiritual truth, and one that Ernest Holmes, our founder here with Science of Mind, said this way, is that we individual souls are forever and ever expanding. Now, we, that's in our what we believe statement, and a lot of times we talk about that in terms of when the body gets dropped and the soul goes on to the next adventure. But if that's happening at the next adventure, it's happening down here on planet Earth. We individual souls are forever and ever expanding. That... Ernest Holmes also said, you are an eternal being now on the pathway of endless unfoldment, never less, but always more yourself. Life is not static. It is forever dynamic, forever creating. Not something done and finished, but something alive, awake, and aware. And so that's what made me think of this idea and that I've heard this and I've had my teachers tell me when I'm like, oh God, I can't believe I'm doing this again or I'm back here again. They say, you're not there, you're in a spiral. And the divine spiral is always upwards. And we didn't make this stuff up. Those of you who have some understanding of Buddhism, in Buddhism we say you never step in the same river twice. And that means that the river is always changing. Life is always changing because it's not the same river. And it also means we are always changing. So we, when we may step in that river, last week the river felt really cold. This week it might feel warm. Last week maybe all we noticed was that we felt cold and wet. Maybe this week we notice the beauty of the river, the beauty of the rocks. We are always changing. And it is that life, letting life be itself through us, being open to life, and letting ourselves be lifted in that spiral. That is God in us. That is the truth. And the only way that that isn't the truth is when we get in the way. When we get in the way. And we can get in the way of the divine spiral, of the divine river that wants to carry and unfold us. The voice of the world calls us often to cynicism and stuckness and fear in what's going on now. And all of those can help us get in the way. We have to cooperate and align with that divine urge to be moved up in that divine spiral. It's there, but we have to choose in. The river is flowing, we have to step in. So today, what I wanted to talk about was three questions to ask yourself to check 
about whether you're aligning with that divine urge that is wanting to move you up, 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 up to a higher place. As we were, John was playing um, some music before y'all came in, and one of them was up, up, up to a higher place. That's why we sing about it, because it's true. So three questions that you can just have as kind of a check-in to see if you are aligning with what that divine urge wants to do through you. The first one, those of you who know me and those of you who ever have practitioners or ministers do prayer sessions with you, the first question is one we ask you almost every Sunday or we ask you every time we talk, which is, am I remembering to turn to God first and foremost? When stuff happens, when stuff doesn't happen, every day am I remembering to turn to God? And it's so easy to forget, especially when life sort of feels like it's flowing on okay. Remember when you were really new to this stuff? I'll bet you did your spiritual practice every day. One of my teachers, Kathy Ann Lewis in Seattle, used to say that in foundations class, which was at... Um, one of the beginning classes in the teaching of the science of mind philosophy, she said she would see more miracles happen for the folks in that class than she saw for those who were taking practitioner training, which was down the road, for those of you who do not know. As we newly open to this thing called God and that our word moving upon the law makes a difference, shifts our lives, we are on it. And then sometimes I think we get complacent. We go, oh, I know that stuff. Or we just, we just get out of the habit. But I'll tell you, there's no way surer to start the process of getting ourselves unstuck, getting ourselves moving, getting ourselves to see a new perspective that helps us know we're not in that same place that can feel familiar but is not by checking in to God, with God, every morning. And we start, you know, it's, I, I, how many times have I said this? Richard, Denise, how, how many times have I said this? See, mom, there you go. But I mean, I've said it to this group, I've said it to many groups, and I hope other ministers say that to you again. It's our spiritual muscles. You can't, anybody ever uh, got up to, I'm just going to make a number up. Um, say got up to doing 20 pounds, we're not going to even talk to Ed about this, 20 pounds um, biceps lifting, because you say we're, that's for women, men, you make up your own number. You go to the gym every day and say you build up to whatever you build up to, okay? And then you don't go for three months. Are you going to be able to go back and lift that same without hurting yourself? No, you are not. No, you are not. And that's how our lives are. Yes, God will always be there because God doesn't go anywhere. But that opening and that composure and that perspective that allows us to see the greater truth, the true colors of what's going on, 
of who we remember who we are and remember the possibility of God moving through our lives as greater love, greater joy, greater peace, the greater good of everything, we need to be doing it all the time to move our spiritual muscles. Then when an upset comes, we're ready to stand in that truth, not get totally blown away. The only way I know to do it is by remembering to turn to God. And don't wait till there's a problem. Don't wait. With God, with spirit, with the whole enchilada, whatever you want to call it, since we believe we are one with that divine mind, it is when we turn to it that that divine mind can download through us with its creativity that is the answer to what we may be facing, with the harmony and love that may be the answer to what we are facing, with just the wisdom, which is actually huge, it's not a just, to what we are facing. That divine download is our relationship with God when we are consistent. Second question, which is kind of really two, it's kind of a twofer. And this comes from um, Michael Beckwith, Reverend Michael Beckwith, in the way that he, one of the ways he talks about visioning. And that is the question, what am I making welcome in my life? What am I making welcome? And the, and the second question that's kind of tied with it is, who do I need to become? Who am I being? So that what I want to experience in life is happening. Ernest Holmes said it very simply this way. If you want a friend, be a friend. There's a great, I'm, I so love the way God works in the science of mind. If you guys have been reading the science of mind um, last month, you might have seen this just a couple days ago. That, um, oh, actually, you know what? I'm going to save that. These are very connected points. I'm going to save that story for a minute. So in the who do I need to become, it is that idea that we talk about Speaking our word. All the time we talk about speaking our word into the law. What am I speaking into the law? Am I saying, oh, I'm tired, I'm lazy, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. And the law says, okay, okay, I'll never get anywhere. Okay, the law says yes, the law says yes. So it's important in what we speak and think. But you know what's even more important than what we say? It's how we be. What is our vibration? Um, when we teach classes and teach off affirmations, we often say, if you're saying, yes, I am successful and happy and courageous and everyone loves me. The law is not responding to my word. The law is responding to my vibration. One of the things I love about um, the great teacher and minister, Mary Manon Morrissey, is she talks about our vibration like it's a radio frequency. And, you know, you, turn in the ra you tune in different frequencies of the radio and you get, depending on how you tune it in, you get different music. Maybe some you like, maybe some you really don't like. We are a broadcasting station 
And in that broadcasting, when we tune our frequency, what we receive back is in accordance with what we're broadcasting. So you know that law of attraction thing? It's about what we are being. If I want more love, I must first be loving and kind. I must make that welcome in myself if I'm going to attract it. When I was um, ending my 25-plus uh, year marriage, I was wise enough at that point not just to make a list of what I wanted, which was the only time in my science of my career that I made the list, except for my house. Um, but I also realized that idea, what do I need to make welcome? And one of the things that I realized, and it still worked for me, is that I wanted to be a safe place for my beloved. I want to be a safe place for my friends. I can have a tendency to be critical and to be sharp, abrupt. <laughs> and while those are things part of the way I move in the world, my larger purpose is to be a safe place so people can come in. And you know, as a minister, to fulfill my purpose as a minister, I must make welcome that vulnerability from people I must be that vulnerability myself. So what are you making welcome in your life? Are you making welcome the good that you seek? Are you making welcome a loving, deep, connected relationship? Are you making welcome wonderful, well-paid work? Are you making welcome the absolutely right unfolding for this spiritual community. Are you making welcome? And sometimes there's stuff that we have to release. And sometimes there's stuff we have to embrace. In fact, most of the time there is. Most of the time there is. But it's in becoming. It's in becoming the person who has whatever we say we want, that we attract that to us. That's that thing that's so weird to get, and I seem to be understanding it as I go, you know, in deeper and deeper levels. I can't wait for a relationship to become happy. I can't wait for my right work to be feeling like I'm con contributing to the world in that sense of s satisfaction and fulfillment. I have to be that now, and being that now is what will draw those experiences to me. The third thing, and this kind of comes out of who do I need to become, who am I being, is just kind of one of those things that I often need to ask myself. Am I operating in integrity? And I love the fact that in, in kind of in our generations, integrity, we think of personal integrity. But I love to go back to what's the other meaning because it really helps me understand about integrity, structural integrity. 
If something isn't built with structural integrity, it's going to fall apart. Think of a you know, three-legged stool. If the legs are not spaced the right way and not the right length, the stool is going to fall over when you sit on it. In exactly the same way, if we are not walking our talk, if there is no integrity in the way that we live, we too will fall over. It's a congruence, it's being congruent, it's being honest, it's being trustable. And sometimes it's really hard to do. And it's one of those things that I think often, at least I will say to myself, oh yeah, I'm being in integrity. And there are these little subtle things that I notice that are not in integrity and it's time to clean it up. It occurred to me when I was preparing this talk that, you know, that old, that old uh, proverb, I don't know if it's in Proverbs, maybe one of you knows, cleanliness is next to godliness. What if that really had very little to do with how often you bathe, because we know hundreds of years ago people didn't bathe very frequently. What if cleanliness being next to godliness had to do with our behavior and the impeccableness of our word. Meaning how we are to people when we see them and how we are about them when we don't see them. Are we being clean with our language? Are we speaking our truth not with a sword or a sledgehammer, but saying what needs to be said? Or are we running around and complaining to someone who, A, cannot do anything about the problem, and, and B, it, 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 it's not clean. I know that if I say, I mean, this is it's, it's on so many different levels. If I say I want to live in a fit and healthy body and I'm eating tons of chocolate every day and not going to the gym or not working out, then that's not living in integrity. And guess what? It's not going to happen. So this doesn't even have to be a charged issue. But if who I am in front of you is the same as who I am behind you, that's a very important thing. Because if I am not, the universe is responding to those both faces I give, and it's not pretty, and we get stuck, and we wonder why stuff isn't working. And we wonder why the world seems two-faced to us. So that integrity piece is so important on just a very practical level. The story I was going to tell you, which some of you may have seen, um, was in the Daily Guides, that there was this woman who was coming up to a light that had turned yellow, and the guy, and she was hoping to get through that light, and the guy in front of her slammed on, her, on his brakes, so neither of them would get through the light. There's somebody who would not love this. That would be my husband. And she started wildly gesticulating, telling him through her hands just what she thought of him. 
and yelling obscenities and doing all this stuff. And a police came up and arrested her. And she's like, what? What are you talking about? What are you doing? What are you doing? Goes to jail a few hours. He lets her out. And she said, so I'm not getting. Why did you arrest me? And he said, well, the back of your car had all these bumper stickers, coexist, be peace, make the world a better place. So I thought the car must be stolen. <laughs> Is that a good story or what? Am I living in integrity with what I say, with especially what I say about the world I want to create? Oh, man. And you know, that clean, clear communication, it's an art, you know? I think we should be having classes in that all the time. Um, because it's so easy to go into sarcasm. It's so easy to go into passive-aggressive. And, you know, some people can understand what you mean when you say things passively-aggressively. There's some people who can understand what you mean when you're sarcastic, but they might not, and they just feel these arrows hitting them, and they kind of don't know what the deal is. When I um, lived in Ukraine, my, my family style is that sarcasm. And Finally, someone said, Liz, you know, we don't have sarcasm here. We just don't understand your humor. And it was really something to give that up. And to just, if I disagreed with something, to speak to it. To not make these sideways things. And it takes courage and it takes bravery. But that's what we're here for. And we can't be lifted up to that spiral when we're still behaving in those ways that do not serve the world that we want to see, the community that we want to see, the life that we want to see, the relationship that we want to see. And just, just a hint, I'm reading a book right now called, by Mark Nepo called The Endless Practice. He wasn't speaking about that specifically, but he was speaking about kind of the whole enchilada of our lives. It's an endless practice, which means it's okay. We fall down. We get back up. A saint is just a sinner who fell down and got back up. Got back up. You make a mistake. You forget to do a daily practice. Start again. You know God doesn't hold anything against you. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness God is bigger than we are. You know, you forget to check in and ask what you're making welcome. You tune in, you start it again. You realize you, you said something that really was kind of icky about somebody. You clean it up. You clean it up. So when we can answer yes to these three things, I would suggest you might ask yourself every day, every week, when you live in integrity and congruence with what you want, when you pay attention to what you're making welcome, and when you remember to get that divine download to lift you up so that you can have the eyes to see with love how you are being. No point in looking with the eyes of criticism. I, I've lived a lot that way. 
I can tell you it's not really helpful. When you can look at all that you're doing with the eyes of love and repent, which just means turn yourself to the different path. Turn yourself, get back up on the path you know. See a practitioner if you need the help because that's what they're here for. That's what we're here for. When you do that, you are cooperating with the divine urge that only wants to lift you this way. That is the truth of who we are. That is the truth we are becoming. And that is the truth of why we gather in community, because this is who I know we all want to be. Let's pray. So I am so grateful to know that there is, as Denise said earlier, one power, one presence that is God, that is greater than all my fears, all my littleness, all my stuff. That that one power, that one presence is love, it is wisdom. And it stands ready to flow through me every single moment. So in this moment, I speak my word for myself and any of the rest of you who want to join me, I speak this word that I let that goodness, that integrity, that wholeness of God flow through me. I see my behaviors. I see how I am being. And I make the necessary corrections with love. And as I move through the world... ready to open my heart to making welcome that which I deeply desire. As I allow God itself to be the wisdom, the love, the joy, the peace, the abundance I desire. And as I let that through me be the congruent heart that I wish to be, that I feel myself lifted to the higher place, that I am able to live and serve and love in a holy, holy way. And I am blessed, and the world is blessed, and so it is. <laughs>